Hi everyone, this is Greg Harton. I am the editorial page editor at the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and this is Speaking of Arkansas. And today we are speaking of regional transit, mass transit in Northwest Arkansas. And I have uh, a couple of folks here who know a lot more about that than I do. Uh, first, we have Joel Gardner, who uh, since 2012 has been the executive director of the Ozark Regional Transit Authority and Jeff Hatley, who is the public information officer for uh, the authority. And we appreciate you guys being here. We are in the, uh, in the offices of Ozark Regional Transit uh, in Springdale on Robinson Avenue. And we appreciate you guys being here today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So let's just start off kind of on the basics. Um, you know, people might say you guys are in the bus business but I've kind of always felt like Ozark Regional Transit Authority is a bit more complex than that. That it's not just the big buses that you see on the on the routes that have bus stops and, and those sorts of things. So especially in terms of the future, um, what what is Ozark Regional Transit Authority and its mission? Uh, to put it in a nutshell, uh, the mission of Ozark Regional Transit Authority is to provide people an alternative to using other forms of transportation to get around Northwest Arkansas. We currently have three very viable forms of transportation. First one, of course, being the car. Second one, Northwest Arkansas has wholly invested in bicycles. Third one is the good old fashioned shoe leather express. And the fourth one is public transit. And public transit um, is a safe, effective, efficient, economical uh, form of transportation for those people that want to leave their car at home uh, for a short period of time, um, are not yet old enough to have a car, are too old to be driving a car or uh, another form of transportation or just want to be able to get around in comfort and safety to, I say, places that they want to go. Um, those places can be anything from education to medical to entertainment to business. Um, and Ozark Tra Regional Transit being that fourth leg uh, in the transportation stool, I guess I'll call it, um, is right now the weakest. Uh, we are, um, we don't have everything that we need to effectively move people throughout Northwest Arkansas, but we're getting there and we hope to get there over the next 10 years and provide Northwest Arkansas a great transportation system. So who is your typical rider uh, today? Um, you know this more than I do, but you know when when you have appeared before quorum courts or city councils, you know you inevitably hear some reference of I see buses driving around empty or you know th those sorts of things, and uh, and it you know obviously at the county level y'all have gotten I think much less support than you have at the at the uh, at the uh, municipal level. Um, so I, I think there's this kind of perception that that the bus system is there for people who have no other choice. Yeah. But my impression is also that you guys want it to be more than that. Yes. 
Um, I will say right now to to describe our typical rider, it would be um, a large group of seniors, people with disabilities, and those that have no other choice. Um, and the reason that it is like that right now is because of our lack of saturation within Northwest Arkansas. We have routes that take an hour from point A to back to point A again as they travel throughout their route or a half hour to get what I would call choice riders, people that are making a choice to be on public transportation. Um, we need to have routes that are every 15 minutes uh, so that if I miss a bus, I know it's not going to be 59 minutes before I see the headlights again. It's going to be 12 to 15 minutes before I see the headlights again. Um, uh, we want to be able to get the riders that are working in the downtown central areas that are going to lunch or people that are outside of the downtown central areas that want to go downtown for lunch. We want to get the people that are entertaining. We want to get people that are on the park and ride systems. We want to be able to get somebody from, I would say, the university area up to Crystal Bridges, somebody who's visiting uh, from out of town. Uh, we want to be able to do that as effectively and efficiently as possible. And right now, because of the limited number of buses and routes we have, it just can't happen. And that's where the 10-year development plan comes into play. Uh, as usual, things basically come down to money. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so you're, the, the operating theory is that um, if you're able to grow the system to have routes where every where people can count on a bus coming by every 15 minutes, and suddenly that triggers in people's mind that it's a viable option. Yes, sir. Yes, um, sir. Uh, it, it, is that all it takes to get people to leave their car behind? Because I, I and and I'm sure you you covered this more than I have, and and with the but uh, Northwest Arkansas Council has kind of looked at this and. And uh, and you guys have looked at it over time that you know that that uh, our growth in Northwest Arkansas is is putting more and more cars on the road every day, yes. and the fear is we're going to become some of those communities we know around the country that kind of get strangled on its own growth, and uh, uh, you know to get the the transit system to where it can be a key component of of avoiding that kind of a future it's you just have to have more buses more people we, we have to have more buses we have to have more people we have to have more money and I will never claim that uh, public transit is a cure-all it, it is not it is not a cure-all to congestion it is not a cure-all to cleaning up the environment it is not a cure-all for anything but it helps it helps when you can take 40 people that are moving northbound uh, in one 42-foot vehicle um, on any road, and I say northbound, northbound, southbound, east, west, whichever, you fill up a bus uh, that's heading from the University of Arkansas up to, let's call it NWAC. Um, that's 40 vehicles you're taking off of the road at that point in time. Uh, that's 40 opportunities for you to get into an accident and why say that is if you look at most of the drivers that are out there nowadays, really sit in your car, look left, look right. Um, 
one of the three of you is going to be texting. If it's not the person to the left and it's not the person to your right, it's you. That is inattentive driving. Um, and a lot of times you'll look both left and right and both will be texting and driving or doing something else that takes their their attention away from the road and each and every one of those opportunities is or each and every one of those actions is an opportunity for a bump and scrub or something even worse on the freeway once that happens on interstate 49 and you get two vehicles that are playing kissing bumpers uh, the next thing you know everybody behind it for the next half hour to an hour and 45 minutes is delayed at three miles an hour Again, I don't say public transit is a cure-all, but it's part of a solution to congestion, to cleaning up an environment. The, the uh, CO2 emissions of 40 vehicles versus one, um, it's measurable. It's all measurable in the benefits of public transit to a community. And Northwest Arkansas is now poised for making some serious changes when it comes to public transit, and I hope the changes are positive. So the, um, uh, as far as mass transit goes, and, and the university has its own bus system that goes beyond the campus, but, but it's primarily to, to serve as, as a core mission, the university population. Um, so ours our regional transit authority is is really the region's bus system um, uh, for people who haven't gotten on a bus or haven't looked at uh, Ozark regional transits um, uh, website with all the routes on it give us a, it's it's really more of an urban uh, operation as you would expect it to be but but you guys also have over the years attempted to serve rural routes and, and still do, I assume? Uh, yes, sir. <clears throat> our, our primary focus uh, is, well, our primary weight right now is put into the urban side, and that is the four cities, Springdale, Fayetteville, Rogers, Bentonville. Uh, but we also do provide rural demand response services in Washington County, Benton County, Carroll County. Um, <laughs> Demand response. So, describe that for me. So let me let me uh, step back and and describe our three different forms of transit. There is the fixed route, which is the bus up and along the same path of travel with stops intermittently that people can get on and off. Along with that is what is called ADA Americans with Disabilities Act complementary paratransit. That is so that anybody with a qualifying disability has same has the same and equal access to public transit in an urban setting uh, that somebody without a disability has. And then the third form is the demand response. And in the old days, it used to be called dial-a-ride, um, but it is a predetermined, pre-scheduled time period that a vehicle will come pick you up, take you from your origin to your destination. Your origin could be in the rural area and your destination could be somewhere in the urbanized area where you could then connect to the fixed routes uh, or vice versa, taking you from that uh, urban area out to the rural area where your originating trip began. So there's really three forms, the demand response, the ADA paratransit, and the traditional fixed route. 
And, and if I may, sure. we've also up in the city of Rogers adapted a, I will call it a fourth version of transit, and that is in the micro transit um, programming where I don't like using the term Uber for buses, but it is uh, considered fixed route uh, according to the FTA, the Federal Transit Administration, because it, it goes from stop to stop, but the bus is an on-demand order where through a app, uh, both on iPhones and, um, what's the other kind? Android. Android, there you go, Android and iPhone, and, and yeah, thank you. Um, for the two different forms of app stores, uh, can be used. It can be used with a desktop computer or laptop and also called in. And once a trip is scheduled, it will pick you up at bus stop number, throw a number out there, um, and then we'll deliver you to another bus stop. And what this allows us to do is be more efficient in the use of the assets. Um, also, where traditionally we would, let's say, have a fixed route going through a school zone um, because the road can handle it, and we know at three o'clock in an afternoon school's letting out and it becomes a traffic jam, this on-demand transit can actually use any street to get from point A to point B. It is no longer restricted to a route, a line of route, it is restricted to the stops that are designated. So I know it's as clear as mud, uh, <laughs> but it is a, it is a, I won't call it a new form of transit, um, but it is a much more efficient form of transit, and it's deploying very well in the city of Rogers. The, um, that's actually kind of what sparked me uh, giving you a call to ask you to, to sit down with us was uh, uh, the, the reporting side of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette had done a story about the Rogers kind of experiment, I, I guess. Yes. Maybe that's the right term. Um, and it, it intrigued me, um, but it also confused me a little bit uh, yeah. in terms of um, uh, how you serve a mass group of people with this on-demand type of uh, service. I mean, how, how is it that when you send a vehicle out to somebody who has scheduled the, the pickup, how, how is it not just serving them? How is it serving a multitude of people? Because along the way, <clears throat> so, so if you can put it in your mind, a regular fixed route going down A Street, straight line, there's 10 stops along the way, it might pick up somebody at stop number two and wants to deliver them to stop number 10. Um, and then they see somebody at stop number three, they pick them up, they drop them off at stop number seven and finally get to stop number 10. And in between there, there may be uh, additional people getting on and off, but it's just traveling down that one street, regardless of what's happening on that street, construction, delays, accidents, that type of thing, that bus is dedicated to that road. Now the on-demand transit does the same thing except for Number one, it can use every street that is available to get around any of the delays that are out there. And number two, as, as I schedule my trip, it, the vehicle gets deployed to me. And then you schedule your trip. And if you're along the way, then it will pick you up before it picks me up. And if your delivery is uh, before mine, it will drop you off 
before it comes and picks me up because it's doing the same type of work that the fixed route would do. It's doing it in the order of, of proximity, of how close it is to the next origin or destination, just like a fixed route does, but it's able to use any street necessary to get from the starting point of the day to the ending point of the evening. And we can stack multiple people in and out of the bus uh, as it goes along its journey, but its journey is no longer restricted to that one stick of a road. Its journey can be anywhere within the community that we have the bus stops. So it's, it's generally going to try to stay true to the general direction of a route. Uh, it, I mean, it's not just like Uber. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it's not one bus going to pick somebody up and taking them to their destination. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's kind of using a fixed route as, a, as a, uh, an anchor point, but it can deviate off of that as needed. It, it can deviate off of that route to pick up what's next or drop off what's next. Um, and again, it's like a, like a Uber or a taxi, one in, one out. Uh, this is uh, multiple in, multiple out, not necessarily in the order that they were brought in or are scheduled out. Um, again, we could pick up uh, three people, deliver two before we even get the fourth, and okay. the fourth was the first one that possibly made their request, but it is the, the application and the software supporting it are seconds. Uh, I, I'm literally, I think every three seconds, I think it spools new information from the mainframe um, to find out where the next pickup and or drop off and or change in route was. So your driver is seeing a constant kind of changing of information about uh, where he or she is, is driving. Correct. Um, uh, within, I'm sure, certain parameters. Correct, and, yeah. and with two vehicles up there deployed right now, um, we could actually have the, the pickup go from a point, pass another point along a straight stick road to go to that next destination or origin, and that second bus pick up at that stop that that individual or that bus just passed because we have a new request at that stop. And, and this is in, in place of your big buses? This is in place of right now the fixed route that goes along the straight stick road. Okay. We put the smaller cutaway vehicles up there uh, because they are a little bit more nimble. Uh, they can get around some narrower streets yeah. and some tighter turns. Um, it's not all of uh, 35 foot long, plus or minus a few inches because of bumpers. Um, so, so it's it's an efficient way of of uh, doing the job, um, and of course it's comfortable. It's ADA accessible, and I hope we can expand it into Bentonville, Springdale, and Fayetteville. Okay. Do you have something you were? I was, I was say, just Jeff? thinking about the analogy of uh, if you play the game Monopoly, you're limited on exactly where you go, yeah. and and it's all dependent on the the roll of the dice. Whereas in checkers or chess, uh, you don't know what you might know what your first move is, but it all depends on how the game plays out. It's kind of the same way with the on-demand transit in that uh, it the software is geared toward. Um, 
making whatever's efficient that comes to us, whatever, whoever schedules a ride, making what's efficient to get them to their destination quicker rather than a fixed route yeah. that you might be getting the scenic route and you don't want that. You want the quickest route. So that's... Well, and the, the, the reality is, you know, having a fixed route uh, presupposes you know what's happening day to day. I mean, that, 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 that it's predictable. And, and, and the, you, you know, people aren't predictable. Right. And I'm glad you said that because we just had a, a board meeting uh, recently and the representative from the city of Rogers was actually spouting how, um, uh, whereas a fixed route and putting all your money into a fixed route service, you assume everybody wants to go to NWAC, for example, and Walmart. Okay, so you set up a fixed route in between those two. This allows you to realize really where people are using it so they can use the data from uh, this system to plan their future routes whether it's uh, either add an extra bus to the same type of uh, ride hailing system like this is or do we want to put a fixed route in between um, the amp for example or the mall in between Walmart uh, because that's actually where people are using it. Okay. And we've mentioned NWAC a couple of times for anybody who doesn't know. That's Northwest Arkansas yes. Community College up in uh, Bentonville, uh, right between, right there, kind of between Bentonville and Rogers. A lot of uh, a lot of folks do go um, back and forth up there uh, for uh, college education, yes, and sir. employment, that sort of thing. So, um, so you've had a good experience with that in Rogers. I mean, is that? Um, as, as long as I've been here for, you know, since mid-90s, you know, it's it's primarily been the big buses. Um, do you feel like this new system has enough uh, potential to, to be kind of a new future for Ozark Regional Transit? I, I think it just comes out to be the, the fourth version of what we're doing because just like Jeff said, it, it's a great, it's no longer a predictor. It is, it is actual information for us to say, oh, we've got X amount of people moving from point A to point B, and that helps us develop and plan our fixed routes. Um, whereas before, like you said, we hoped we got it right. Um, now we can say, all right, we know we've got people going from point A, we know we got them going to point B, and we can see based off of our our other pickups along the way that there is a particular corridor that has a lot of traffic on it for pickups and deliveries and we can then build our fixed route along that. This on-demand transit <clears throat> I firmly believe uh, is going to be something that I will carry along for years uh, as long as I'm at the helm here because it, it allows us to cover more ground with a singular vehicle. It allows us the flexibility again, efficiency uh, in the deployment of our assets and we'll fill in for places where somebody in a community says, city council, please provide us transit in this area. We don't have to guess of going out to on a street and coming back hoping we capture that. Now we can set a a geo fence around a whole area and say this is what we're going to cover with this on-demand transit. Now let's find out where people are moving from and to. And <clears throat> it has proven, like I say, very effective in the city of Rogers as far as I'm concerned. If I could add one more thing mm -hmm. too. Sure, yeah. um, one thing we've discovered too, as Joel mentioned early on in the podcast, um, that we provide an ADA paratransit service 
and that is defined and limited to three quarters of a mile uh, from the fixed route system. What we've determined or discovered with the on-demand transit, since it's not based on a fixed route, it's based on the bus stops. It's three quarters of a mile around each bus stop. We have 114 bus stops and they're very easy to set up uh, now. Um, but now, almost all of Rogers, with the exception, I think, of the lake area and maybe a few places down by the Pleasant Grove uh, west of the interstate, but everything else in Rogers is covered. So that means a lot of people who before didn't have an ADA qualifying uh, ability to get to fixed route uh, system in order to get to just simple things like dialysis and chemotherapy, now they do. And that's invaluable for those folks. Through this new system. Yes. The, I, I know, you know, I, I live in the east side of Fayetteville and it's been several years. It was when I was working up here in Springdale and uh, I was, I just wanted to see, okay, I'm going to go on here and see how to get from my house to work. And it was just exasperating. Yes. Uh, I mean, because it, I was going to spend, you know, something like three hours getting right. to and from the location just because they were in locations that didn't kind of match up to the to the mass movement of people that that you guys have to concentrate on and uh, I, so yeah I can see where this kind of a, an approach is uh, is opening up new doors for people to to be able to, to make use of them and you, and you talk about the when you say East Fayetteville I think uh, mission crossover area that mm -hmm. kind of yeah, that kind yeah. of thing <clears throat> and I've had quite a few requests over the years of people wanting to have a fixed route bus go out to Mission and Crossover from downtown Fayetteville, connecting to the downtown section. Right now, and it's been a, a bit since I've been back and forth on any of the back streets there, and I'll call them back streets, but they're mostly residential streets. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be extremely difficult to be putting a 30 or 35 foot uh, fixed route bus along those areas. The most the, the, the roads that would handle that would take you 265 south all the way to, what is it, 15th there. Then you'd have to go westbound on uh, on Huntsville MLK to go northbound through Archibald Yale to get to the square. Mm -hmm. That is completely and totally uh, inefficient. Now, we take something like this on-demand transit and we place it in there. It's a smaller vehicle. Um, we could actually be picking people up in that area, that mission and crossover area, moving them the short distances they want to go and even connecting to uh, all the way over to college using the side streets that get over there with a smaller, more fleet footed vehicle, I guess is the best mm -hmm. way to put it. Um, something that actually fits into those neighborhoods and onto those roads. This is where the on-demand transit would actually really excel, I would believe. Of course, in Fayetteville, they have to deal with speed humps. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, that's somebody else's podcast, yes, not mine. Yes. Um, uh, so tell me, you mentioned city councils, quorum court. You know, um, people may not know that you, know, you get your funding from the federal government, but also locally. Uh, you get... Uh, 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 maybe it's still true that most of your or, uh, your capital is is through the federal funding yes, and not necessarily the operational part of it. Um, uh, but but you get operational funding from from city councils and quorum courts. Um, you've had far better luck with 
city councils, then you have quorum courts. I think I think you've definitely seen people on the quorum courts that that uh, uh, you know don't have much appreciation or feel like there's much need for it out in the rural areas, and obviously there's not as much need as um, uh, in general on an individual basis. I can, there probably are people out there who would desperately be able to use a uh, use some some mass transit, but um, but that really affects funding. Uh, yes. you, you've uh, I think it was right before you came, probably in 2012, that they the Ozark Regional Transit Authority attempted to get a tax, um, uh, and and that didn't work out. I think Benton County didn't even put it on the ballot. Right. Washington County did, and it. Got thirty something percent, I think, thirty five, thirty six percent of the of the vote. So you know we're almost a decade beyond that now, um, uh, and I think there's been some conversations about eventually revisiting uh, some sort of reliable funding. Um, yes. So tell me a little bit about that and and what you why you think that's critical to the future. Well, <clears throat> first of all. Um... I am a firm believer in the fact that if you can demonstrate integrity with a little, uh, you will be allocated more. Um, And that's with pretty much everything in life, uh, especially when it comes to funding and other people's money. If I can't be trusted with the little bit of money that I've got right now, what would make anybody within any community believe I could be trusted with a lot. So when I first got here, one of the first things that I wanted to make sure that we did was A, we were transparent with everything that we do. Uh, B, we spent every dime as if it was our last and scratched for every dollar that we could possibly get. Um, and just be completely and totally open and honest with where our money's going, how it's going, what we're going to do with it. Um, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to say, hey, give me a dollar and I'll tell you how I'm going to spend it. I'll be the guy that says, this is what my needs are and this is what I can do and please, may I have a dollar, may I borrow a dollar. Um, The idea of give me money and I'll tell you later um, just doesn't work, never has worked with me. And you actually serve under a board uh, that is... That that oversees Ozark Regional Transit. Yes, that's sir. made up of people from the cities and the and counties. The counties, yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. So, so when I got to Northwest Arkansas, I'd come from a couple of different areas under the previous company that I was working for, and when I look at comparable cities and city sizes, um, we get about the same amount of federal funds as these other areas get. Um, and they have $20 million a year budgets, $30 million a year budgets, even higher than that. And their federal portion is just a small fraction of what their spending is because their communities wholly support uh, the transit initiatives that they've had. Northwest Arkansas, when I first got here, is a little bit uh, obverse of that where the majority of the money that we are getting is from the federal government and the filler is coming in from the communities. And then I realized how it was set up in Northwest Arkansas and that is it pretty much comes from, and not in all cases, but in most cases, the general fund. Uh, General fund allocations 
uh, for transit of each city. Of each city. And, yes, sir. And yes, county. sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And and the 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 curiosity and or the fear of general fund uh, line items is that all it takes is one tragedy uh, for general fund to be pulled back. Um, it, if it's coming out of general fund. Um, I always have the belief that it's not a full-on commitment and a dedication. It is a granting or a gifting. And I said, all it takes is one tragedy. Give us, give us one hellacious storm. Give us one, one serious problem that the city and or the entity needs to turn around and say, okay, we've got to buckle down now because we've got to fix this thing. Um, you know, outside of reserves, uh, general fund is the next thing to go ahead and start cutting back on, uh, general fund allocations. And so when I look at the fact that we are funded general fund wise, um, that's always a concern, uh, getting a dedicated, something that is for transit, that is specifically for transit, that nobody else can say, oh, we, we've got something really broken over here, we've got to take your money, transit. Um, that is one of my hopes for Northwest Arkansas. When we did the 10-year development plan, uh, just recently closed that out a year or so ago, we started looking at how do we actually get enough operating capital to grow? The best thing to do for that is it is a tax. Um, just let everybody know out there right now, it's the horrible T word, it's a tax. And whether it's a quarter cent sales tax, whether it's uh, done through um, a room and board tax, whether it's done through a fuel tax, whatever uh, the state um, constitution allows for funding transit, um, that is what we should be going after. And we need to do it in a responsible fashion, <clears throat> no doubt about it whatsoever. Um, the one thing that I would caution anybody um, when they t start taking a look at how it's going is, imagine we had a tax in 2022 and everybody said, yes, let's go for it. We're going to fund transit wholly in Northwest Arkansas. The vote would happen towards the end of the year. It's positive. We say that we're going to start collecting that quarter cent sales tax in January of 2023. Um, nobody should ever have the expectation that it's going to happen on January 2nd uh, of 2023. And the reason I say that is there's a couple of things that have got to be happening. Number one, the, the planning has to be finalized of where we're going to put what. Uh, number two, uh, we have to spool up on personnel. And number three, and the most critical, is vehicles. Uh, I say the most critical, the most time consuming is vehicles. In a perfect, perfect world, getting a transit vehicle um, is 18 to 24 months. Um, right now, I think it's going to be a whole heck of a lot longer than that. Mm -hmm. um, but realistically, when I place an order for a full size transit bus or a medium duty cutaway bus, um, in a perfect world, I cannot expect anything less than 12 to 24 with a cutaway and 18 to 24 with a fixed route transit bus. Well, let's let's not jump the gun here. Yeah. Or, <laughs> so. uh, uh, but before we order any buses, yes, <laughs> you've got to get the funding. We've, we've um, got and, to get the so, funding first. And, and you know, given that it's a decade ago, you, you mm -hmm. can't really read too much into it. But obviously, right. it didn't do what was hoped 
a decade ago, uh, it, it resulted in not getting a, a, a reliable source of funding. So if you guys follow through with some sort of request in 2022, um, I, you know, how do you even convince you know, the, the public officials uh, who, it seems to me, you have to be convinced first before right. you can convince the general public of anything. Um, how, you know, how do, how do you see the kind of the lay of the land of, of getting to where you feel like it needs to be? I, I think we are poised so much more than what we were in uh, 10 years ago. Um, number one, because of our efforts and being completely transparent and being reliable and being uh, financially responsible, uh, watching the growth and development of Northwest Arkansas, seeing the the people that are moving in requesting uh, more public transit, um, and seeing our elected leaders understand that it has a benefit. Um, Jeff and I used to go to the city council quorum court meetings when we both first got here, and boy, I'm telling you, it was a uh, it, it was harsh to be in those meetings, um, just because of what had happened before I had even gotten here. Uh, now Jeff and I go to these meetings, and we are welcomed. Um, I will say we are honored and respected guests at the table of. Uh, city Council and Forum Court, and and that's so appreciate, appreciated um, because we've done what we said we were going to do, and we are showing uh, Northwest Arkansas the benefits of public transit, um, that we can move people, we can move them safely, and we can do it responsibly when it comes to finances. And whether it's a quarter cent, uh, whether it's in 22 or not, I mean, I think we're, I, no, I don't think, I know we're moving forward with getting public transit in Northwest Arkansas to the level of which Northwest Arkansas needs. And we've got some, uh, we've got great community, uh, I'll use the term activists that are out there, people that stand behind transit, that know what transit can do because they've come from areas uh, where public transit has been effective and has been efficient. The, um, I, you know, I know the Northwest Arkansas Council, which, you know, for our listeners, you know, uh, is, is a private nonprofit group uh, with a lot of business folks, uh, business leaders that are part of that. Um, you know, they've mostly in, in reports of different kind, you know, they're, they're pretty clear that they think transit is a fundamental component of of the future of Northwest Arkansas, uh, and and not choking on our own growth. Right. Um, so you, you you definitely have some support there. It seems to me that you know over the years that that there's been support, but it's always other priorities that 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 come along and say, well, we need to do this. And as you know about the general fund discussion, once right. the money's spent, it's like, okay, come back and see us again next right. year. Right. Right. Well, in not only the support of the council itself, but the last couple of years that they've done their um, uh, their state of Northwest Arkansas studies, and I can't remember what they what how they phrase their studies, but transit continually uh, is a top request of of their surveys. Um, transit needs increased transit, going places on transit. 
transit is a topic of discussion. Um, whereas before it was a topic of bad discussions, um, now I think it's a topic of positive discussions because there is more and more people that are A, moving here, B, that are seeing the benefits of it, and C, believe in it. And like any other, I'm going to throw the word infrastructure piece out there, uh, the word infrastructure. I've been saying transit is a part of a community's infrastructure for decades now, well, a decade and a half. Um, and I, I was able to say that 15, 16 years ago um, before it became part of today's federal conversations about whether it is or is not an infrastructure piece. I firmly believe it always has been. Okay. Well, what have uh, we missed? We just have another minute or two. Uh, what have we missed talking about? I don't know. You're in our new building, and our <laughs> new building's really cool. Yeah, really, you guys, really cool. you guys went through a, a heck of a heck of a time with your your fire, which was three, seventeen, three, yeah. no longer than that. Yeah, Twenty seventeen, four, about four years four, ago. Four, four, four. Completely destroyed a, most of your fleet. Yes, um, and and uh, you got a lot of help from around the country, and and uh, uh, and now you're uh, a lot. You've gotten a lot of buses. Uh, new buses back uh, in the system, uh, so you're you're looking better. And I, and I will say that the the testament to the people that work for public transit in Northwest Arkansas, um, we didn't survive the fire. We thrived. Mm. Um, the 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 dedication of the employees, the staff, uh, has been phenomenal. Uh, to see us go from where we were through the fire to where we are now. Um, my hat's off to these people on a regular basis over the fact that uh, they poured their guts into making this place a success. And it is a success. And, and our goal and objective is to provide clean, efficient, safe, cost-effective public transit for Northwest Arkansas as a whole um, for both the rural and the urban side. Well, I appreciate you guys being here, Joel yes, Gardner uh, and uh, uh, Jeff Hatley. Appreciate very much you guys spending time with us um, uh, on Speaking of Arkansas, and uh, uh, we appreciate uh, uh, everything you guys do to help keep Northwest Arkansas moving. Yes, sir. And uh, uh, readers can certainly uh, continue to read the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette uh, for coverage of uh, mass transit and the, uh, the transportation issues in Northwest Arkansas. And we'll include uh, a link to Ozark Regional's website uh, uh, in the uh, uh, materials with this podcast and any other links that we uh, think might be helpful to folks to, to understand uh, mass transit in Northwest Arkansas. And uh, we appreciate everybody uh, joining us today and listening. And uh, we'll be back again uh, sometime in the future with another edition of Speaking of Arkansas. Take care. Mm -hmm.